listening to the Core Education Podcast featuring Mary Ann Murphy and Derek Wenmouth. Derek Winmouth here again talking with Marianne Murphy, one of the core education facilitators who has quite a lot of experience in assessment of learning, which we've asked her to talk about this morning. Marianne, uh, one of the big things that's around these days is this concept of putting the learner at the centre, which drives us towards thinking about personalisation and personalising not just the teaching and learning, but also the assessment. And for many traditional teachers, this creates a challenge in that we're suddenly having to think about that 25 or 30 students that we have in front of us in a classroom. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what that concept of personalising assessment might really mean. Well, if we're thinking about within the New Zealand curriculum document, one of the factors of effective assessment is that students are actively involved in the assessment of their learning. So if we link that with the concept or the idea of personalisation, that means that students are actively involved in using and knowing about the assessment data that is captured about them, as well as then setting their own goals and following through with those goals in a way that's not just leaving them, you know, set the goal at the beginning of the term and maybe dust it off halfway through the year. These are having, the students having living goals that they are reconstructing, redesigning and looking, reviewing as the learning process occurs. So that's one idea around the idea of personalising the learning, really having those students at the heart of this and making sure that they are actively involved in the process. So you've kind of flipped some thinking in my mind. I mean, embedded in my question to you was perhaps reflecting the concern of many teachers that suddenly this is going to create a lot more work for them as they target assessment for individuals. But what you're suggesting is that actually getting the individual kids much more involved in their own assessment, this becomes a shared activity, a highly participatory task. Absolutely. And it really links with the concept of feedback for learning or assessment for learning. We're thinking of the student, when we can have the students actively involved in the, the process of their learning and assessment of their learning, then honestly it just opens up pathways and doors and it allows the teacher to step back into a more facilitative role where they're actually constructing or creating the opportunity for the learning to occur and then they're capturing those moments or those deliberate acts of teaching, those teaching just in time as well as those specific points of teaching along the journey. And and as you've highlighted in other times we've chatted, this is where students themselves can provide feedback to and for each other the whole period so that I guess I, I'm thinking here that it's not about it's adding increasing amounts of workload to the individual teacher. One of the things that comes up here um, Marianne is the idea of culturally responsive practices. Is this f- approach, is this form of assessment something that naturally works for students from all sorts of cultural backgrounds. Absolutely it does. And I think in some ways we need to actually shift our thinking around who we see as being the the holders of the knowledge, really. You know, in the past, the teachers have maybe been in the position where they've seen that they're the ones doing the assessing, they're the ones doing the analysis of the data and then setting the, the next learning goals, you know, albeit alongside the students. But they've really held the balance of power 
Now, if we're thinking about the concept of parents as first teachers, parents have a wealth of knowledge about their child that really we need to open up the pathway so that that reciprocation of information can just flow between the school and the home life. An example might be, you know, there are a lot of students that do some amazing things outside of school hours. Now, what might that look like or how might it be if a parent were, for example, videoing their child, maybe at a, at a soccer game or something like that that they've been to in the weekend, that's showing their skills uh, uh, being able to, to uh, within the PE context. And they're videoing that and then they're actually just emailing that into the teacher and saying, hey, look what Johnny or look what Sarah did this weekend. Or it might be that they're doing some home learning and the, t the parent might quite naturally flip on the video on their phone, which most parents have accessible to them anyway, and then capture what that, what that child is doing and once again email that into the teacher to say, hey, look at this. Wow, they're showing that they can do this. So that denotes that there needs to be open communication. The doorways for that needs to be open. And you also need to be thinking, well, if we're doing that, how then can we store that information and what might we do with it? You're painting a really good picture here, Marianne, of uh, a very inclusive approach to assessment that takes us both inside and outside the classroom and so forth. And we've talked about the culturally responsive practice, but there's perhaps another group of students that arguably represents us all that often get neglected here. I mean, we in our formal assessment, we often get see things now like reader-writers for those who aren't capable of writing to the standard required in their assessment. But actually, there's a whole raft of students who, for because of their learning preferences or their particular disabilities or whatever dispositions, require a different approach. And we're seeing now the emergence of principles of universal design for learning starting to encroach on this. Do you want, do you want to see some, share some thoughts on, on the impact of that in the assessment area? Absolutely, Derek. When we're thinking about this concept of universal design for learning, and as you were saying, around looking at what the students' specific needs are and, and so forth, we're looking at, within the assessment process, looking at making sure that we're not shutting down the assessments or the way, the way that we assess. So it's offering students different ways that they can show their learning and allowing them to select whichever way suits them rather than asking them to show their learning in only one way. So an example of that might be where the students are creating some or doing some learning in a specific context and the teacher and the students co-construct, okay, so what e-tools might we use to assist us to show that learning rather than the teacher saying, right, we're going to use this particular tool. So therefore, it is being mindful of the different ways that students access learning and, the, and choosing and co-constructing the, the choice of the tool that's going to enable the students to show what they can do rather than what they can't do. Another example of that might be using a tool such as Telegami, which is an app, for students with autism to speak around, uh, to speak about their learning or even to offer feedback for others about their learning. So what it does is it depersonalizes for the student the process and which takes the focus off them and enables them to speak and give that feedback and be part of that whole learning process in a way that's not confronting for them.
your real message here in the examples you've just given is quite useful in that when we're talking about universal design for learning, you gave the example there of someone with autism mm. being able to speak instead of write or perhaps speak up front. But you pre- prior to that, you gave an example which was much more inclusive, really e- emphasising that universal design for learning principles apply to everyone right across the board that we can get an inclusive approach. As, as we think then about what you've just been speaking, if you're a teacher listening to this podcast, what, what would you like them to take as a takeaway from what you've just been sharing? Well, I think at the crux of this, Derek, is to the teachers to consider how they might embrace and honour the whole child within their assessment practices and how they might do this in a way that has the learner actively involved and engaged in a way that, show, that enables them to show what they can do rather than what they can't do. And we need to consider how e-tools can both trigger and support this process. It's a wonderful summary. Marianne, thanks again for the podcast. Look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Lovely. Thanks, Derek. You have been listening to a Core Education podcast featuring Marianne Murphy and Derek Wenmouth. 